Welcome to the latest episode of the QuietCast. My name is Maureen Antunes, Editor-in-Chief of Quiet Earth. On today's show, I'm very pleased to bring to you a conversation I recently had with Joe Kelly. Kelly is perhaps best known as the author of I Kill Giants, a graphic novel which was originally published in 2009 to great acclaim, winning a number of awards. Kelly has also adapted that graphic novel to uh, the big screen in a film adaptation which is directed by Anders Walters and which is available on VOD and Digital HD on Friday, March the 23rd. I had a chance to catch up with Joe and we talked a little bit about the process of adapting your own material for somebody else to direct and some of the challenges which come from having to edit yourself a little bit uh, for the big screen. So here it is, my conversation with writer Joe Kelly. Hi, Joe. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Excellent. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me. I know we don't have a lot of time, so we'll jump right into the action here. I wanted to turn back the clock a little bit and just touch base with you on where the original idea for the story came from. I always try to tell this without giving away spoilers. (laughs) Um, So, I was uh, a young parent, and my daughter is... uh, (laughs) Still very precocious. He was on that at nineteen, but um, so I was. A, I was a new parent. She was young and um, uh, very precocious and funny. And I was trying to get her into all the nerdy stuff that I like. And uh, at that same time, I started going through some stuff in my personal life that made me kind of um, consider these sort of bigger questions of mortality and things mm-hmm. like that in a way I never had before. So uh, they just, the way they sort of struck me, I sort of wondered, well, what would what would she be like if she kind of continued on this path and was this kind of salty, sassy kid <laughs> with a rich fantasy life looking kind of down the barrel of those same problems? And that was the genesis of I Kill Giant. Give you more, but then... It kind of gives you the whole story, if I give you that. Exactly. <laughs> Ex- exactly. Um, at the time that you wrote it, I, I know the, the, the graphic novel was really well received. It won numerous awards. And I'm curious, was even back then, was there always the intention of it eventually being a movie? Or was this something just sort of came about, you know, naturally over the years? I'd always hoped it was going to be a film. I, uh, I was trained as a screenwriter before I got into comics. Uh, at I went to NYU uh, dramatic writing program and kind of the instant I wrote it as a comic I wrote it as a film script because I just loved it and it was one of those ideas I kind of couldn't get out of my head so I kind of reworked it and the feeling of a screenplay felt like a a complete item even though of course it isn't <laughs> but at the time it felt like okay I finished something uh, and I thought it would make a nice spec script and that sort of thing and then the comic script it took me a while before I met Ken Nomura, uh, who, who drew a graphic novel. So I'd always hoped it would be a film. Um, and then slowly, over the course of time, met the folks who were able to make that happen, and, and I had a script in my pocket, which really helped because, uh, you know, certainly there are plenty of Hollywood stories of creators kind of disappearing or being gently brushed aside from their own creations, and that was never the case with, you know, with I Kill Giants. I mean, everybody second one understood that it was very close to my heart and that I was the person who was going to be doing the writing and uh, once uh, once Chris Columbus had signed on and agreed to that and, which was a scary conversation to say, to say the least where I was like okay Chris you know 
I'm the only person who's ever going to write this, but I hope that's okay. <laughs> um, and once he, it kind of, uh, you know, he, he got it, which was cool. And that just put a shield around me, and then everybody subsequently kind of uh, ran with it, and it was just never a question. Um, so it's the opposite of all those horror stories that, <laughs> <laughs> that creators tell. Um, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. That's so awesome. I, I'm curious, that adaptation that you, that sort of script that you had in your back pocket for all those years, how much did you have to brush it up once, you know, the movie was a go? Did you have to make a lot of changes or was it pretty much ready to go uh, from what you originally had? Oh, no, it, it had to go through a lot of changes. It was a very strict adaptation of the comic. So it had elements in it that, especially once other people sort of came to look at it, um, you know, Chris gave some uh, notes originally, and then Anders, uh, once I, I met Anders and he signed on board, um, there are elements that you can get away with in a comic book because of your very specific relationship from reader to, to product. You know, like, it's a it's a different sensation. Your imagination fills in the blanks, and you sort of have a, a different relationship with the reader than you do with a viewer. So some of the elements in the comic, if put on screen, would kind of break the movie. Um, in a way where you're, if you wanted to have any question of uh, is Barbara experiencing something real or is this fantastic, if you want to leave the audience with any kind of question, those things had to be taken out. And that was that was really the biggest overhaul. Um, and a little bit of, you know, kill your darlings kind of stuff had to go on there and I had to, <laughs> I had to have my hand held through some of that process. Um, but we... Uh, but it made for a stronger movie. And then we replaced those things with, um, with I think, a little bit more action and a little bit more sort of giant hunting stuff that still reflects Barbara's inner life and growing tension, et cetera. Um, so it was really great to have that. And now they kind of exist as, as great companions, I think, uh, mm-hmm. to one another. Um, and then, of course, you have, like, budgetary and logistical things that make you have to cut stuff. That's always... That's always sad, but that's part of the job. That's right. The reality of movie making. I, I'm curious if there was one thing specifically that um, was particularly hard for you to either let go of or that you fought really hard to keep in the movie because you thought it was really important and essential to the story. Yeah, it was funny. The One of the first questions everybody asked was about the rabbit ears. <laughs> and... And almost universally, people are like, I don't think we need the ears. I'm like, the ears are staying. Like, <laughs> we're keeping the ears. And that was something that we sort of fought. Um, Barbara's character, quite honestly, we we had a lot of pushback from people who read it and kind of were like, I don't know if I like her. And I would say, well, you're you're kind of, you know, so that's okay. She's, she's a really salty kid. Uh, Madison Wolf, who plays her so beautifully in the film, uh, describes her as savage, <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah, she's she's savage. That's what she that's what she is. She's even worse in the comic, and um, but that armor and and that sort of uh, you know the way she carries herself, I think it it really does become endearing, especially once you see it. You know, you see it in Madison's hands. You really go along with her on this journey. Um, so just fighting to protect her character was really critical. Um, and then there were there were a lot of things that, that we let go of. There, there was there's one or two visuals I wish we could have kind of kept, but like I said, they would have they would have sort of broken the reality of the movie, and and it was definitely better to let them go. 
Yeah, and I, I'm really glad that you sort of fought for keeping the integrity of the character because one of the things that I really appreciated is that she doesn't feel like... Like, she's not a cookie-cutter, like, teenager, like, that you would see in a regular, like, in a TV show or anything. She sort of has more, um, like, she's just a little bit outside the box, which is really cool to see, to see that that is okay. And it's totally fine to be your own person. And I thought that was really lovely. It's one of the great messages of the movie, which I really appreciate. Um, I know we're running a little bit short on time. So I wanted to jump forward just a little bit to what's coming up next for you, because I know that you launched a Kickstarter for a short film that you're working on called Poughkeepsie. And I'm really curious about how that's coming along, when you're planning on releasing that, and if you see yourself adapting any of your other properties into a film in the role of a director. Oh, thanks. I, uh, Poughkeepsie's actually finished, and I, I've sent the digital uh, stuff out to the supporters and all the backers, which has been was a good feeling. Um, I have to get all the physical stuff, but we're actually really close to that, which is good. People have been incredibly patient and kind. Uh, I never, <laughs> I never expected that it would take longer to finish a half-hour short film than it would to be a feature film. <laughs> but sitting uh, there, that's almost done. And yeah, I would, I would love to direct more stuff. Um, and eventually, once everybody who's backed the film has had it and has their physical copies and stuff then I'll, I'll make Poughkeepsie available for people to see um, and I, I love directing I would, I would love to do more um, meanwhile Anders and I are working on a, another project together uh, which I'm very excited about um, working on uh, an adaptation of one of his projects uh, and then Ken Moore and I are also working on another comic book um, which is uh, you know his style is, is just so beautiful and so suited to a wide variety of storytelling. Uh, it's a, it's a very different kind of universe, um, but it, it's grounded. I mean, it's more of a dramedy, I think, mm-hmm. than um, than Eichel Giant. But it's it's got its own kind of fantasy element that I think will be a lot of fun. So, yeah, a lot going on. And then obviously the man of action stuff, animation, video games, etc., etc. So yeah, um, you're a busy yeah, guy. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, direct and write more stuff. That is definitely the goal. That's awesome. Joel, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Congratulations on I Kill Giants. It's wonderful. And best of luck with everything. I cannot wait to see what else you and uh, Anders are up to next. No, thank you so much. And, and I really appreciate your, what you said about, you know, Barbara as a character. Because it's, I, I'm really hoping that that uh, all the, everybody in the audience will enjoy the movie. But, I'm, you know, I have a daughter. I'm, like, especially hopeful that that young women will see, you know, see her character and really relate to her. So thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. Oh, all the girls in this movie kick butt. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Excellent. (laughs) Thanks again, Joe. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care. There you have it, my conversation with writer Joe Kelly. Be sure to check out I Kill Giants when it's available on VOD and Digital HD on Friday, March the 23rd. Stay tuned to the space for more great interviews to come, and don't forget to come on by quietearth.us for your regular dose of movie news. Until next time.